0: Hi. Welcome to Conversations with a Wounded Healer. I'm your host Sarah Bueno. I am a psychotherapist in Chicago. I also am a professor, teach at a couple different universities. I'm a podcaster. What else do I do? I don't even know. People ask me what I do all day long and I literally can't even tell you. Anyway, welcome to the show. <laughs> This is where I interview other people in healing type professions, and we talk about the intersectional journey of healing self while caring for others. And if you are listening and you've listened before, I want to invite you, if you feel so inclined and you have a couple bucks to spare, you can find us on Patreon. So if you've never heard of that before, Patreon is a site where essentially you can pledge small amounts of money in order to support artists that you love and things that are really meaningful to you and so you can find conversations with a wounded healer on patreon at wounded healer that's wounded spelled correctly and then h-e-a-l-r don't ask. I'm, I'm I'm exasperated by myself. And the fact that I chose that as the username. Anyway, <laughs> so you can find us on Patreon. And one of the really cool things that actually people have had more time for it now that we're all in quarantine, but we've had these monthly community gatherings and we've shared resources. We've just talked and gotten to know each other. It's not meant to be any sort of like mental health support. It's not a therapy group. It's literally just a place for people who are like-minded to come hang out and create Community. So if you join at the $5 a month level, you are eligible to come join us for those conversations. So please, please join us sometime. Now, on to today's guest. So today's guest, his name is Jay Taylor, and he is Well, let me just read you his bio. Let me tell you a little bit. So halfway through a 10-year career teaching students with disabilities, physical education, nutrition, and mindfulness, Jay took on the philosophy that everybody is trying their best all of the time and that expanding our version of best can be accomplished through release of stress, healing of trauma, and the loving consideration of the body. Jay began facilitating sound meditations in 2018 and has shared his sounds with over 400 groups of participants in Chicagoland hospitals, addiction centers, nonprofits, schools, clubs, galleries, yoga studios, and corporate offices. Through his work, he's come to fully understand the power that vibration has in creating space for others to truly relax and feel rejuvenated. And you'll hear the story of how I met Jay in our conversation, but you'll also get to experience his music. He plays a little bit for us in this episode. I also really, really encourage you, I'm going to say this at the top, to follow him on Instagram because every day he's doing meditations. So it's at Current Vibrations. So make sure you check him out on Instagram. But don't do that until you listen to my conversation with Jay Taylor. Hi, Jay. Welcome to Conversations with a Wounded Healer.
1: Hi, Sarah. Thank you for having me.
0: You're welcome. So I just want to note for listeners that this is the first recording I'm doing in the midst of the beginning of the coronavirus stuff. And offline, we were just talking about how it's, it's drastically changed your work. And I still think it's going to be an incredibly valuable conversation for us to have because I am sure that many, many, many of the listeners are going through something similar right now. Absolutely. Well, would you like to start off by telling us who you are and what you do in terms of at least at least two weeks ago what you did? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So my name is Jay Taylor and I facilitate sound meditation. So one of my goals in presenting these types of meditations has been to be as adaptable as possible to the needs of the people I'm working with and the restrictions of the space that I'm in and, and every other variable. So mm-hmm. in some spaces, this might just be a set of crystal bowls and uh, some sort of a percussion, uh, a rattle or something. And in other spaces, it might involve multiple gongs, drums, ten singing bowls, etc
0: so the gamut of sound healing sure awesome and you didn't come out the womb a sound healer I'm guessing I'd love to hear the the journey of of how you came to this work
1: yeah I was born just a few miles outside of Detroit mm. My parents are both artists mm-hmm. and they both, put a lot of work in on themselves. So, and they both started meditating, doing Transcendental Meditation in the late the late 60s and have been meditating ever since. So wow. I was just exposed to a lot of very interesting things. My parents' friends were all artists, were always going to openings and seeing music and things like this. And then I think one of the most important pieces for me growing up was there's a conference called the Great Mother and the New Father Conference, which was put together by the poet Robert Bly. And this was this took place in, in a variety of different locations throughout the United States. But every year in June, it would meet. And I think it was maybe nine days long, something like that. And it would just be all artists, poets, musicians. There would be shamans there and there would be a lot of work that was being done shadow work really digging into mythology and and analyzing it and how does it apply and you know every evening there would be live poetry with a sitar and tablas to accompany I mean just very very amazing things happening there and that I see now influenced me quite a bit yeah however in my in my younger years I think like most people, I sort of went, eh, I don't want to do what my parents are right. doing. That
0: sucks. Get me out of here.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it sort of, it took a while for me to come back to a lot of these practices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So basically my first career was a teacher. I taught mm. special education in Chicago for eight mm. years. And then I was teaching fitness, nutrition, and mindfulness for the, the two years following that. And it was somewhere in the middle that I really started to develop a meditation practice and reading more hmm. spiritual texts mm-hmm. and, and diving into work on myself.
0: Wonderful. And mm-hmm. are, are you a trained musician as well?
1: I was part of a large choir when I was young and I had some piano training, mm-hmm. but most of that music theory and things were abandoned as I grew up mm-hmm. I wasn't really into it I started playing guitar again when I was in college just playing by ear and, and sort of learning chords on my own mm-hmm. so getting into this and, and kind of having a, a career in sound is mm-hmm. pretty radical <laughs> I mean if right you know 10 years ago I would have thought this is impossible and uh, really, there there was a few things that kicked me off in, in starting to do sound in this way. The first was taking some trainings, some shamanic trainings.
0: Ooh, tell me more.
1: Yeah. So my mother had been doing these shamanic journeys for decades. And this is essentially, it's an ancient technique. It's practiced all over the world. By all indigenous groups. It's done differently in different places, but it Mm -hmm. involves an instrument. In many cases, it's a drum. Mm -hmm. And what the instrument does is it alters the brain state so that we can have access to sort of realms of existence that we don't typically see in our day to day lives. So, this is called a a journey, a drum journey. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I took a class, an intro to shamanism, and I learned about this technique and practiced this technique. And it's very powerful work. I've actually, with my friend, taught a few classes on how to, how to do this around the city.
0: It's mm. very simple
1: and it's very powerful. And, and really the idea is about connecting with your spirit guides, your spirit mm-hmm. helpers, power animals would be another name.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it has to do with what's called direct revelation. So the idea that through our experience, we learn. It's not about just being told, oh, there's a God or something like this. It's It has to do with, I've experienced something bigger than myself, something more powerful. Right. And I felt it within me. So that's a lot of what shamanism has to do with. So I was taking some classes in this, some different healing techniques. Uh, one of them is called extraction. Another one is called soul retrieval. And the drum was just, it's so powerful. And it's it's very simple because it's just a repeated pattern just like dum 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 mm-hmm. dum and just goes on and on and on and that puts people in a trance. So I, I had been taking these classes and this was sort of in the middle of my teaching career and I started hosting these journey sessions in my home. So I would invite friends over. I would set a an intention for for the journey and I would drum and then afterward people would share their experiences. And it was just very powerful. So that was going on and I was, you know, I had mentioned I taught special education for eight years. And then I transitioned into essentially a physical education teacher. Mm-hmm. And what happened there was that I was completely burned out. I mean, I was meditating, I was drinking super food smoothies and fresh juices and all this stuff. I was really taking care of myself. And I just could barely... And what I realized was that I just had no more interest in trying to figure out creative ways of teaching math or reading or writing. I just, yeah. what I saw was that the population I was working with, I, I just didn't see them finding happiness in their lives because I found a creative way for them to learn how to do math. Now there are only three grade levels behind going into high school mm, or, mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, I, I, I became much more interested in how do you support people in having a fulfilled life yeah, and, yeah. and how to support people in working through trauma effectively. So I had a, a famous meeting with the director of my school in which I told her I'm not coming back next year after eight years. After a long pause, she stopped and she said, well, what if you took the gym teacher job? And I said, why yeah. would I want that job? Yeah, it's a, it's a crazy job. And then she said, well, if you take that job, you can create the curriculum how you see fit. And I said, well, say some more.
0: <laughs> okay, right. now you've picked my interest, go right, on.
1: Right, and she said, <laughs> well, if you could teach yoga, you could teach meditation, you mm. could teach nutrition. Mm -hmm. And so I I took some time, you know, an hour. (laughs) I talked to my wife and I, I thought, okay, maybe I'm not ready to give up the salary and the benefits and everything else quite yet. Mm -hmm. So I said, yes, I'll take the job and then proceeded to develop an entire curriculum that unfolded over two years, which involved watching movies about nutrition and Hmm. analyzing Different information that was presented there. I mean, still learning sports and being physical and everything, but then
0: mm-hmm.
1: doing meditation at, at the end of every class with, I had speakers mm. set up. I had binaural beats playing.
0: Yeah, And it,
1: and it was, I mean, it was awesome. Super high end speakers on both ends, really getting a stereo sound. People would lay down on mats. They had masks. I mean, I was working with 600 kids doing this. Wow every week. And a
0: Chicago public school?
1: It was a charter school. Yeah.
0: That's how you could be more creative.
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly. For sure.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I really looked at, looked at it as an amazing opportunity and I look back and I go, it was an amazing opportunity. It was also one of the scariest and most challenging experiences of my life because what ended up happening is as positions were cut you know, we lost a Spanish teacher. We lost a technology teacher. They had to figure out where to put the kids when the te- when their gen ed teachers were taking their hmm. lunches and things like that in preps.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: my schedule kept on becoming more and more full. So by mm-hmm. the end, I was teaching seven or eight 45-minute classes a day to students aged five to 14. Wow. And I've never been pushed... So close to the edge in my life, and just in terms of my stress levels. And I mean, it was, it was just very intense. And in, in the midst of that, I was introduced to gongs and, and singing bowls. I went to a, someone invited me to a sound bath. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, I did not have what I would call a transformative experience, or at least at the time. Mm-hmm. I, it wasn't like I was laying there and I went, oh my gosh, I'm <laughs> levitating, I, transported. I am it changed. Was more, yeah. It was more more of, what is this guy doing up here? <laughs> Let me mm-hmm. take off my mask and see what is that sound? I, I just was very curious and I ended up taking mm-hmm. a, a class with this same person. His name was Preston Click. It was such an interesting class because I assumed we would just be focusing on technique and really, what the class became was a class on empowerment, hmm. empowering us to try something new, to take a risk. Wow. And so I ended up at that class buying a gong and then getting a few crystal bowls and just started incorporating that into those weekly journeying sessions that I was doing at my house. Oh,
0: wow.
1: And I think three or four months later, the school year ended and and that was the end of my teaching career and i i went into mm. sound full time
0: wow wow yeah <laughs> one part of your story that really struck me was this this internal desire to really help people be moving towards the best version of themselves, I guess that's kind of a way that I might like to say it. And I, I couldn't help but but really think about how we're all in this space with coronavirus right now where we're supposed to stay home. We're supposed to be basically more still, I think, than we've ever been before. And I'm just really curious your thoughts about you know what might be happening on a more spiritual perspective of wh- why why might this be happening right now in terms of like Us getting to know ourselves better.
1: Yeah, interesting. I've heard to this, not this exact moment with the coronavirus, but this period in our history. I've I've referred to it as heard it referred to as the quickening, Mm -hmm. and I don't remember the source of that exactly, but I think it has to do with this idea that everything is coming at us faster and faster. Our subconscious is just being bombarded with advertising, social media content, news. There's more and more people, there's more and more cars, traffic, pollution, everything. And it's just, it's all speeding up. Things are developing Mm -hmm. so quickly that we don't really have a time to adapt. Mm -hmm. So I think on a basic level, this is really an opportunity for us, as you said, to, to kind of slow down. I've heard some very interesting interpretations that, that this, this is really time for people to start doing work on themselves and yeah. notice their tendencies. I mean, I am going through many phases of, of insanity over yes. the last few days yes. where I just, I, I kind of look at, I look at everything that I'm doing and I, I'm like, you know, I, I, am trying to be of service to people. Mm-hmm. And then all of the sudden, opportunities to be of service have dropped mm-hmm. away as as every meditation I've planned has been canceled right and then I'm thinking well is is my identity so wrapped up in helping people that when I can't help people I'm sad
0: yeah and that's not healthy
1: <laughs> that's not healthy right? at all <laughs> right that's a, that's but I wouldn't have seen that because since I stopped teaching and went into this, it's been all about go, go, go. Where's the next opportunity? Right. Where's the next meditation? And mm-hmm. that stuff has been very fulfilling. However, you know the ego finds a way to creep into everything. And
0: exactly, so, exactly, yeah.
1: So, so I, it appears that that's being revealed to me right now, and I'm I'm mm-hmm. glad you brought it up because I hadn't thought about it quite in this way. But I think it'll. this will give a lot of people an opportunity to sort of become more aware of where their urges are. You know, maybe it's uh, related to alcohol or something like this, where someone mm-hmm, is used mm-hmm. to blowing off steam at the bar with, you know, right. with the guys or whatever, and all of a sudden that's not an option. And what does that bring up for people? Do they start... Right craving it in a way where they went oh it was uh, i don't have a problem with drinking but then all of a sudden now they're like wait a second like this is wait a minute kind of coming up a lot yeah. <laughs> i think it's a great opportunity for people to take a moment to sit mm-hmm. that's really my favorite way to meditate is to sit and not do anything mm-hmm. not apply a strategy not follow my breath not count my breath mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not say a mantra but literally just sit and notice what comes up.
0: Well, let's, let's talk about what meditation is and what it isn't, because I think that that's so important. You know, we both have done groups right now. We're not doing groups at Harborview, but we have been. (laughs) And, and oftentimes, whenever I've talked about meditation, there's, you know, the first thing is, well, I can't meditate because I'm just bad at it. You know, you can just sit there and that can be meditation. People are like, what? I'm not achieving anything. I'm not doing anything. So please share, like, how do you talk to your classes and whatnot about what meditation is?
1: Yeah, that's, that's something that comes up a lot, especially Mm -hmm. when I play in corporate settings and things like that. God, right? (laughs) Yeah, there's, there's, I don't know where this idea came about that in Mm -hmm. order to meditate, your mind has to be quiet.
0: Right, right.
1: Because even in transcendental meditation, what they talk about, your mind is waves. You know, it's the mm-hmm. ocean, it's waves, it's crashing, it's tumultuous, and sometimes it's calmer. Mm-hmm. But you, you're using a mantra to transcend those those waves and go to the bottom of the ocean, which is still and peaceful right. all the time. So that's what you're doing with the meditation. And when a thought comes up, that's actually, it's like a bubble bubble going to the surface and it's a release of something yep. it's like exactly. a release of a toxin so mm-hmm. that's one thing that I bring up is that while you're meditating a thought can actually be a release it's not it's not a sign that you're failing right so that's part of it the experience that you have in meditation and in sound meditation whatever it is is perfect right and it's happening for a reason it's a mm-hmm. signal
0: mm-hmm.
1: just like an emotion that we have is a signal from within us to to pay attention, to sit with something. It's just allowing things to be as they are. I think this might be a Buddhist teaching, the idea that when we resist things as they are, that's mm-hmm. the root of suffering. So anytime we're finding resistance, we will find ourselves suffering. Mm-hmm. So that's another part of it as well, is allowing things to be as they are versus resisting things as they are. One of the examples I usually give to my students is the idea of a car accident. So let's say you're driving, someone runs into you, and there's damage to your car. You can choose to yell at the person, threaten the person, hug the person, (laughs) love the person. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the damage will be exactly the same to the car. You'll still have to file a report. You'll still have to get Mm. the work done but how do you want to handle it mm-hmm. you know that's the choice so in meditation there are choices to be made and i try to prepare participants for those choices mm-hmm. so that they they are able to be active in their experience
0: well what what i was thinking about in terms of our our choice in meditation my understanding and my personal experience of meditating I think I'm coming up on my four year anniversary. What I've noticed is that the choices that I make by meditating extend to my life. So I have more access to the prefrontal cortex to make decisions about how I want to react to a given situation instead of just acting on it right? Mm -hmm. Like impulse action, which is what a lot of, at least the people at Harborview, that's that's what they're struggling with, right? Is like, I have an impulse to use, and then I'm going to go use drugs or alcohol. Whereas meditation is one thing that can create that pause in between the stimulus and the action.
1: Absolutely. That's a big part of it. I I definitely view, especially with sound meditation, it's an amplified version of your life. Mm -hmm. So in 30 minutes or 45 minutes, you can experience... such a range of physical discomfort, Mm -hmm. emotional breakdowns, peace, love, relaxation, sleep. All of these can happen in a roller coaster. And there's, there's opportunities with each of those things to allow them to be as they are. And one of the things that has been interesting in working with people that are dealing with addictions is That sometimes these instruments can trigger these fight or flight responses, which in an unsafe environment might result in using
0: Mm -hmm. a drug Mm -hmm. or
1: alcohol or something like that. And Mm -hmm. hearing people say, you know, I wanted to run out of the room. I wanted to escape. But I remembered what you said about whatever comes up is perfect and that I can just use my breath to regain my composure regain control of myself and that's so powerful to be able to trigger someone but in a yes. safe place where they can
0: exactly start
1: to rewire yep. how they respond to those situations
0: That's exactly what I tell people too like I say in the group I'm because I talk a lot about trauma and I said it might be triggering to have these discussions in here and that's okay. it is actually good to be able to have that experience. And that's exactly right. It's giving you access to new choice. Yeah. Well, I'm curious about whether or not you would call yourself a healer in terms of what you do.
1: Ah, yeah. So I was reading an article by a different person that does sound meditation. And he was saying that this term healer is very tricky. And and it's a word that should be used with great caution. Mm. There's something about going to see a healer Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that for many people puts them in sort of a passive state
0: Mm -hmm, or like a mm -hmm.
1: state of reception. And I Mm -hmm. often say to people, you're not coming to see me so that I can do something to you. My role is to create a space where people can have an experience with the vibrations, Mm -hmm. but it's their experience they're required to make choices actively within the experience. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of what we were talking about earlier. You know, some people will say to me, wow, like I felt nauseous and mm-hmm. I just I just don't feel great right now. And I'll say, well, you know, what was happening? And they're like, well, you know, feelings were coming up and I didn't want to feel them. So I was, I was not allowing myself to really acknowledge them and deal with them and release them. Mm-hmm. So you know, part of the work is, is the acknowledgement. So, so people out there listening, you know, if you're feeling fear, anxiety, these types Mm -hmm. of things, we're trained at this point to push those things down. Wait, what
0: crystal are you holding? I'm sorry. Pause. Is that pyrite? What's going on in your hand?
1: This is called Galena. Oh, it's for grounding like,
0: yeah sorry to interrupt I just yes. saw shiny and I was like tell me about yes. it okay go it's, on
1: it's for grounding it's like extremely heavy for its size mm-hmm. yeah I don't know what I was talking
0: about. oh no I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh shit well but the question okay. was whether or not you consider yourself a healer and right. I don't know if you intentionally kind of sidestepped it but you were sidestepping it
1: so I, I don't <laughs> Yeah, I mean what what you learn with the shamanic training is that essentially you are a channel yeah. in that type of work. So when you're doing like shamanic healing work, a soul mm-hmm. retrieval for example, you're connecting with spirits, very powerful mm-hmm. spirits, power animals and these types of things and they're working through you. Yep. So you're a power essentially like a power converter. Mm. So you're on this plane of existence and and you can engage in a way that they're unable to, so they are working through you. So, you know, as I do this work, I think about this a lot because, as we said, the ego can creep in everywhere. And look at all these people I'm healing, I'm helping. You know, it gets mm-hmm, very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, so that's why I use the word facilitator. Mm-hmm. Is because I view my work as creating, creating a space, creating a container mm-hmm. where People can let their guard down and I can be open to just flow as mm-hmm. I am guided. So that's actually one of the most, I don't know, I don't know if challenging is the right word, but the instruments themselves are relatively simple to play. Mm. Like a like a crystal singing bowl, a child can can play it within minutes and play it quite well. Mm. There are degrees of ability, I will I will say that. <laughs> However, it's not like learning to play a violin, where you're right. going to spend 20 years, you right. know, bef- and then it's going to be like, wow, she's really good, but she's not <laughs> great,
0: <laughs> oh, you know.
1: Yeah. Uh, so the bol- so the instruments themselves are relatively simple. It's the practice of being present that is the lifelong challenge right. of this work. And I remember when I first started, I had a very set routine. I was like, I'm mm-hmm. going to start. I'll start with the A sharp bowl.
0: Mm-hmm, and I'm going to mm-hmm. play this
1: by itself for a time.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then I'm going to combine it with the F bowl. And yeah. together. That'll be really nice. <laughs> and then once people are relaxed, I'm going to play the gong with the bowl at the same time. Whatever. I had a mm-hmm, very set plan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in my mind, I'd be like playing the, the one bowl to start. And then my mm-hmm. mind would be like, hit the gong. I'd be like, no, it's not time. <laughs> And what I've, <laughs> oh. what I am getting better at now is responding to those impulses,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, yeah.
1: you know, where I might sit down to start and, and just go hit the gong and then I'll start hitting the gong. And part of me is like, no, 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 this is not the order that you should do it. And it's like, what, where are the rules?
0: Right, right.
1: You know, so that's been a beautiful part of it is becoming more intuitive.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: And the other part is, trying not to get involved with what is going on with people. Yeah. Because I would say that's the like healer impulse, maybe yeah. for me, where I see someone, say I'm in a, this happened a, a month ago. I was in a, a new corporate space and playing for a group of people. None of them had had any experience with this type of work. And I'm pl- I'm just playing singing bowls. And there's a woman to my right who's just breathing so heavily mm-hmm. like just clearly distressed mm-hmm. and my mind's like well you need to do something Help her, right right exactly like mm-hmm. which bowl can you play it to, to alleviate it? and then I just right. went what you yeah. have no idea what her experience is right now you just know that yeah. she's breathing heavily and it's not your responsibility to stop her suffering right now mm-hmm. it's your responsibility to stay present to your role which right. is to be guided to play instruments, and right. she's going to have whatever experience she has, uh, and and that's okay. And it's perfect. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. The the tricky part does come in where you're in an, in what I would call non-traditional environments. Mm-hmm. So there are some spaces where it might not be appropriate for someone to have a lot of fear. Mm-hmm you know like on their lunch break <laughs> i don't i don't want people just in terror right True. so so i've been trying to figure out ways of of sort of limiting to some mm-hmm. degree the range of responses that people might have
0: yeah so for
1: for that reason i don't bring the gong anymore
0: yeah to to
1: any corporate spaces i did one time
0: gong baths are a lot if you've not been to one listeners it's a lot so i thought i was gonna like relax in my first one i i was anxious the whole time <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah
1: and there's a training to it that i i feel the people that have heard me play many times where they start to to really take on mm. this understanding that whatever comes up is mm-hmm. the right thing right they'll say to me wow that was really intense i got very uncomfortable for a, a long mm-hmm. period of time, but I acknowledged that that was okay yeah. and it was perfect, and I was breathing, mm-hmm. and then I became very relaxed.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas
1: if it's someone's first time, they might get stuck in that loop. But that's yep. exactly what happens in our day-to-day lives as we get stuck mm. in loops. Very true. Yeah,
0: I do want to ask you to potentially play a little bit because I see a bowl behind you. But first, I want to get to the wounded healer question. How do you feel yeah. about that term?
1: Well, I've heard it a lot in my youth. My mother has been a Jungian analyst for decades. Oh, Oh, wow. Yeah, she does a lot of work with dreams. In fact, all of her artwork is coming out of her dreams. She does sculpture.
0: Wow, I should interview her too. Hook me up.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. You'd love her. (laughs) Yeah, so I've heard that term quite a bit, and it was used a lot at that conference that I was going to as a child. So for me, it, it really just is this idea that we all have wounds, whether we know it or not. Maybe trauma would be another way to describe a wound. So mm-hmm. the shamanic practitioner, Sandra Ingerman, has described this trauma as basically anything that shocks the system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it could be a physical attack, a verbal abuse. It could be a surgery, an accident. But there's like much more subtle ver- versions of that like when you're 7 and your art teacher says oh that doesn't really look realistic or your friend right. goes oh you know like oh you're mm-hmm. you shouldn't sing anymore i don't like the sound of your voice like this is like trauma right right mm-hmm. i mean it, it stops people from expressing themselves fully so yeah i think uh, the idea of a wounded healer is that someone that is supporting other people should have experience with working through wounds themselves mm-hmm. And I think we all do have experience. It's, but it's how how much have we have we gotten into consciously it? done experience, right? Right. Like for example, and for some reason, I for, I always forget this. When I was in second grade, it was discovered that I basically could not read. Hmm. The story is just so odd because I had done very well in <laughs> kindergarten and first grade, and you fooled them somehow I managed to get into second grade and really not know how to read. Yeah, you're right. I fooled them. And so I ended up being tested, having a mm-hmm. tutor, receiving some services, and you know, I caught up in mm-hmm. quotes, but my confidence as a reader was mm-hmm. never at a strong level when I got to college and the, mm-hmm. the amount of reading that we were required to do, I mean it was it was very challenging for me to keep up. And kind of fascinating that I ended up working with students for so long that had right. learning disabilities. And mm-hmm. I think it came out of, out of mm-hmm. those wounds, but I'm aware that, that my life has been one of many blessings and that I have not experienced intense wounds like a lot of people have. And that's one of the things that I've been trying to do with my work is really, really mm-hmm interact with people that are going through situations that I don't have experience with. So that's why, you know, going and playing in an oncology department mm-hmm. and supporting people that are, you know, have been given a prognosis of do you have this many months to live and working with people that are going through addiction programming, working in, in neighborhoods where there are People don't have the services. They don't have the education. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of violence. And, you know, on paper, those are very different experiences Mm -hmm. that those people are going through. But the more I do that work, the more I realize is that I think everyone is going through the same thing. It's just to degrees.
0: It's all on the spectrum.
1: Yeah, exactly. So someone that is living in a dangerous neighborhood, they have a lot of fear, they feel limited in the opportunities. But the same thing could be said for someone that's going through chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. That they're living in a fear. They're they're feeling limited in how they can express themselves. And yeah. so that's what I think about it. The wounded healer. Yeah.
0: Well, would you be willing to play a little bit for us? I can. Yeah. Is there anything that the listeners should be paying attention to as you play?
1: I think it's just becoming aware of what comes up. You know, is there a sensation that you feel? Does the temperature of your body change? Do you have an emotion come up? Do you feel anxiety or relaxation? Just kind of just an awareness of how you're feeling, but not trying to do anything specific. But I would recommend mm-hmm. sort of being comfortable in your seat, maybe closing your eyes so that you Unless can... you're driving. Yes, please...
0: Do not close your eyes. No sound baths
1: while driving.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. Thank you. Oh my gosh, I love crystal singing bowls so much.
1: Yeah. They're beautiful.
0: Yeah. Well, where I was going to say where can people find you right now? It's just online for the time being, but I imagine as we figure out what new normal looks like, you'll be able to get back out there, but where where can people follow you so that they can keep up with your stuff?
1: Sure. So I have a website which is www.currentvibrations with an S on the end.com mm-hmm. and also Instagram at currentvibrations as well. Those are the best places to see what I'm up to.
0: And before I let you go, is there anything that we didn't talk about today that you want to share with listeners?
1: Well, I think what i'm going through and i'm sure many people are is just trying to figure out where we all fit in to what's going on with this with this crisis there are so many ways that it's affecting people financially relationships health emotions everything else and i think what i need to do because i've been sort of losing my mind <laughs> mm-hmm. Same. Uh, yeah is trying not to figure it all out right because as soon as this happened, as soon as my meditation started being canceled, I was like, okay, so hot, so what's what angle do you take now? Oh, right. we're gonna we're gonna go into the digital space. We're gonna record sound meditations. Yeah. And it's literally driving me insane. Like yep. on the floor next to me, there are microphones, cables, recording mm-hmm. software, adapters. And until now I I did not get The lesson. There are lessons in every situation. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the lessons that I'm learning is that I don't have control over what's happening around me. I only have control over what I am doing and my sort of state of being.
0: Right.
1: Which is something that I talk about every time I do a meditation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I forgot.
0: We do. That's why we have to keep coming back. Yeah. Exactly.
1: So I think it's just really trying to take time to just sit. You don't even have to close your eyes. Just sit in your home and just look around. What do you hear?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What do you feel in your body? And this will allow your perspective on the situation to shift, maybe to, to open more fully. So that you can see opportunities, possibilities beyond the fear.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much. It was so, it was a really nice respite to have a conversation about something other than coronavirus right now. So thank you for being here.
1: Yeah, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me.
0: I told you where you can find Jay at the top of the episode, but also if you want to look up all of his stuff, you can go to our website at www.headhearttherapy.com podcast or check out the show notes. And thanks as always to Andrea Klunder and the Creative Imposter Studios for editing, to Liam O'Donnell for the album art, and to Ben Mueller for our theme music. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next time. Bye-bye.